Good morning, everyone. Welcome to 3Q, New Mexico's premier business podcast. I am Pam Myers, and my lovely co-host is... Erica Yoakum. The fabulous <laughs> Erica Yoakum. <laughs> the fabulous Erica. And our guest today is Kyle Abraham Bai with um, Reflective Jewelry out of Santa Fe. Welcome, Kyle. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. And And who um, is this? Walking around enjoying our our space. Who is this beautiful black creature running around here? Uh, We just call her Kitty. Kitty Kitty wants to be on camera. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she definitely got a ch- stage presence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. So, Kyle, you are the new owner of Reflective Jewelry, correct? Yes, as of October 1st. Yes. Oh, my it's birthday. October 1st. Very okay. good day. Oh, Very good cool. Day. So, you're a Libra. <laughs> I'm October 13th. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. So, tell yeah, us about the brand. conversation. <laughs> Tell us, um, tell the listeners about the brand, what what you do, because there's there's you have a couple of niches, right? With so go ahead. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so we've been around since 1995. Uh, I've been with the company since 2017. Um, started out as an intern actually, and worked full time since uh, since graduating college, and then kind of grew different roles, and here we are today. Um, so the niches that we have, so one of the one of the big things that makes Reflective so different is that we are we do a lot of our work by hand. So mm. with artisan jewelry, we do a lot of mixed metal, we do a lot of designs that you're not gonna find anywhere else. Uh, it's not just like, you know, a mall jewelry store. It's like very like, you know, it's Santa Fe, it's, you know, that kind of vibe very much, but not not in a turquoise sense either in a, artisan kind of way. Um, not that there's anything wrong with turquoise, of course, but you know, right. it's just, that's just not what we, we specialize in. And yeah. the other thing that sets us apart is our focus on ethical sourcing. So we're the only certified fair trade gold jewelers in the US. Uh, we also do a lot of other, uh, or are involved in a lot of other initiatives trying to source gemstones and metals as responsibly as possible, which is, you know, a lot easier said than done, uh, to put it mm-hmm. very, very mildly. And, you know, that was a, my initial interest in this company is that I applied for an internship with the only fair trade gold jeweler in the U.S. I was looking for an opportunity in responsible business, not necessarily in the jewelry world. And then little did I know how uh, bad the jewelry world really is. You know, I think we've all heard of conflict diamonds and things like right. that, but it gets a lot more complicated uh, pretty quickly. And... You know, I've just stuck with the company because of the opportunities I've had to engage with other like-minded people who really wanted to work on these issues. And that is, you know, ultimately the direction I want to continue with the company. That's part of why, you know, my alignment with the owners, the old owners, uh, and why I'm here now, because I want to continue that with all the work that they've been doing for the past 20-something years. Wow. Do you want to expand on the ethical sourcing a little bit more for people that may not be aware? Yeah. Yeah, so I could expand on it for a long time. <laughs> I'll try to <laughs> keep it brief. Uh, in terms of gold, so when I say fair trade gold, I mean like fair trade, like that logo you see with the yin yang symbol. 
uh, that you sometimes see on coffee. So this gold is traceable to a particular mine. There's a particular, um, you know, we know that people are working in safe conditions, that they are uh, being paid fairly. There's community premiums that go back. Um, so you can kind of trace the impact of that gold. Um, and let's see. There's just like a lot, of, a lot of good and things other metals too. too, right? I'm sorry? You work in silver and other metals as well. We do. Uh, silver and gold mainly. Silver, for a lot of reasons, is not available in fair trade. Uh, it's basically mm -hmm. a byproduct of gold mining for the most part. Mm -hmm. So you can't really get a hold of fair trade silver. So this is one of the challenges that comes up. I mean, if you talk about platinum, same thing. There's no no uh, available source of fair trade platinum. And if you go beyond the fair trade or fair mind schemes, um, fair mind is the other major one that some uh, US jewelers work with, you you don't get very far. I, I actually went to the Congo for two weeks, a couple of years ago to try to um, help get this project uh, that was run by USAID. Uh, mm -hmm. We were like very close to you know, we were saying like, we are gonna, we're ready to buy this gold, you know, as soon as it comes out, we're ready to buy it. And we had someone else who was really trying to like, get that export to happen. And just like these two ends just could never quite meet. And it's just, I mean, that's very complicated when you go into the logistics of getting gold out of these extremely remote places in the global South, uh, generally, you know, um, South America and Africa. And by very remote, I mean like hours on dirt roads to get or like not even dirt roads but dirt pathways really um and uh yeah to try to get anything traceable out of there especially when there's other groups you know mafia interests and whatever that you know have a are currently the middlemen and currently making very good money doing what they do it's uh it's tricky to get any kind of like new supply chain set up so this is what I mean when I say it gets very complicated very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. this reminds me of the movie The Rundown. It's a rock movie, but essentially they go into Brazil and there is one man who runs the entire area because he has the gold mine. And 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 they show it behind and it's hell on earth what the, what these guys what these workers are going through and mm -hmm. how they're exploited and it's I and I don't know exactly how true to life it is, but it seemed pretty, you know, it's, it wasn't extreme. I mean, I could see it happening. It wasn't so out of the, out of it that you look, that you wouldn't believe it. And I know that there's sure there's always going to be lots of folks out there willing to exploit the, the, you know, the, oh. the indigenous folk, the native people around there to do the work for pennies on the dollar type of thing. Mm -hmm. So if you mm -hmm. come in there and you say, "Hey, I want to give you a better life, and here's here, I'm going to treat you better. I'm going to treat you got, but you, but they have all those systems already in place. Like you said, the the whole kind of mafia exactly. thing. They own the town. They own the way in and out. They own the airport. Mm -hmm. Exactly. How do you make that happen? Yeah. So those are some pretty exactly. stiff obstacles to get past. Yeah. Very wow. stiff. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so there's that whole humanitarian side of like trying to. How do you lift up some of the most impoverished people on earth uh, mm -hmm. when there's all these crazy intricate oppressive systems in place uh, at so many different levels? And then there's also the fact that most people don't know that small-scale gold mining is actually the number one contributor of global mercury pollution worldwide. 
And so oh, wow. mercury is not just going, and so it's, it's used in the extraction process of the gold. So it binds with the gold, gives it a little bit more mass. Uh, so people will literally be mixing mercury, water, and gold by hand, sometimes in the same pan that they later use to cook their dinner. And oh, by wow. people, I mean adults and children. Um, of course. Oh, yeah, and that's very common. And, uh, you know, obviously mercury is not so great for developing brains or anyone's brain in particular. Wow. Yeah. And then what they do is they burn off this mercury in that pan. And uh, that goes into our atmosphere and affects all of us. So it's, there's also, you know, the physical waste that, or the more solid waste that goes into the uh, rivers and streams and all that, all these watersheds. So it's just kind of this uh, massive problem that is kind of going under the radar for the most part. Um, and that's another thing that fair trade works on is trying to keep mercury usage either eliminated or, you know, at least keep the, the um, toxins from being dumped into watersheds. Wow. So why don't we hear about yeah. it? That, that's my question. Like, so, so, I mean, blood diamonds, hell, they made yeah. movies about it. Right. So right. How, but how come we're not hearing about all the other little nooks and crannies of the jewelry biz, if it's this exploitive? Yeah. Well, I think part of it, people ask this question a lot. I mean, you know, I ask this question a lot. <laughs> people that I work with at this group, ethical metalsmiths, we all ask those kinds of questions a lot. I think part of it is that, the the narrative of conflict diamonds and like with that movie uh blood diamond it's easy to portray and easy to kind of understand mm -hmm. and these kind of nuances of you know how bad ex extractive industries are for our earth and for people are a little bit more complicated that being said i do think we could make a pretty good movie you know <laughs> you know even like a mainstream film out of some of these themes um i will check out that one that you mentioned i hadn't heard of it the rundown go check it out it's, it, yeah. i'd be interested for your input on that because uh, yeah, yeah i mean again it's a rock movie and it's and it's light but christopher walken is the owner of the mine <laughs> so it's pretty he's pretty like but what he talks about is Hey, I'm giving, you know, I'm I'm supporting this whole area. I'm the reason that these people have food and yeah. water. Yeah, but mm -hmm. you know, at the at one of the, the the freedom fighters is saying, "Yes, but the, mm -hmm. you charge a dollar a day to use a bag, but you only pay, get paid mm -hmm. 75 cents a day." You know, how does that mm -hmm. you you're, you're you're always working from a deficit. You never get out. You can never leave the, these places exactly. and 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 it's and it becomes generational. Like right. there's no way out of the area because there's no money and this is the only money that's coming in. It's pretty intense. And if that's really what's going on out there, yeah, we need some more movies and some- <clears throat> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. To step forward and say, yeah, it's not just the diamonds people. <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't, didn't know anything about the mercury. Mercury is some scary stuff. Right. It is, yeah. yeah. And I, I did yeah, not and realize then, that it was some- Yeah, I didn't either. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I think another part of why it's not talked about, obviously, it doesn't. So, fair trade gold is any kind of traceable gold is more expensive and it's a lot harder to get a hold of, especially if you're a larger company. Um, that's one of the big challenges that is put out there. Of course, I think if you're a larger company, you might have a little more pull to, you know, Kind of work with some organizations to get your supply chain more traceable i think that that's kind of an excuse that's used a lot but that's definitely i mean it comes down to money ultimately i think doesn't and, it always 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what about and, everything? Um, right? Yeah. <laughs> We can have oh, so I was just going to say, yeah. yeah mm -hmm. So, um, like for example, for our company, because we are artisanal, that's part of why we've been able to work with fair trade. Is because we actually have all this equipment so that we can melt down and mill out our own gold products, our own gold sheet and wire and things like that, which we use to form and create rings and other designs. Mm -hmm. So, without that kind of manufacturing capability, if you're ordering from a major supply house, if you are you know, yeah, it just, it, uh, it just gets, it's impossible. It's just wow. straight up impossible. So, so you're, yeah. you're in Santa Fe and where are you located mm -hmm. in Santa Fe specifically? Uh, 912 Baca street. So near oh. counterculture. Yep. Yep. And do you have any of your product on, do you have any of your jewelry on or with you at the moment? Uh, I do. Yeah. I have, um, these earrings with Beautiful. opal. These mm -hmm. are made by Helen Chandler. Uh, she's uh, one of the old owners along with Mark. Um, let's see, I've got my wedding ring, of course, with Emerald. Which I was just gonna say, if folks go to the website, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put your website up here real quick. If you go to the website oh, yeah, and you thanks. go to um, About, there's an LGBTQ plus page that talks all yes. about your wedding and your proposal and your husband yes. is adorable, by the way, and your tuxes yeah. and the whole bit. But it also, I love the, um, showing of the sketches like the ideas that you came up with for the rings and then being able to build your rings and that's a pretty that would be a very cool thing to be able to do like not just go shop at zales but to actually have an idea yeah. out of your own brain and have it designed would be pretty amazing that would be a very cool yeah thing. Uh -huh. absolutely and it's not just for me that we do that you know we do that quite a bit most yeah. of our business is custom we actually also repurpose people's inherited um diamonds and gold into new designs, which is not something you'll find many companies doing. Again, oh, that's yeah. that artisan element. And sometimes but, it's necessary because they are old and they look old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, styles yeah. have changed. But it doesn't mean that, you know, you still want your grandmother's, you know, you have the sentimental attachment to this stuff, but right. you just don't want to wear that out. So yeah, why not redesign it? Grandma's ring um, is this big and takes up this much of your finger. Maybe we can yeah. make a few rings out of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Very cool. So, very so, cool. so all... go ahead, Erica. Oh, I was just going to say, so through, through the whole pandemic thing, you guys hung tough and made it through and came out the other oh, side yeah. and, 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 you know, the whole bit that was that I, I know it pivot became our, our favorite word during that period of time. People were like, okay, well, then we're going to do this over here. And they, and so uh, assuming that people weren't, were still kind of reticent about going out into the world. How did that affect you guys? How did you, how did you, what did you do to pivot to make it through that crazy time? Yeah. Um, are you talking about me and my husband or me and our reflective jewelry? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Either Pick one, I don't care. Either one. How did you guys make it through the oh. pandemic? What did you do to, to make it through and not go crazy or close your doors? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, my personal life with my husband, we had already been working from home together for years. So the pandemic oh, was nice. not all that different. Right. Uh, but we are glad to, you know, be on the other side of that, of course, and be able to like go out and do things. Uh, we spent a couple of years in New York after uh, we got married in Pittsburgh. And then we came out, I convinced him to come out here. 
because I you know, wanted to take over reflective. Yeah. And in terms of reflective, yeah. So the pandemic was an interesting time. Uh, I was not in charge of the company at that point. So that was more for Mark and Helen to deal with navigating. Uh, but they did, you know, they were able to, because of, you know, all of the um, unemployment kind of benefits that were put out at that point, mm. able to like keep people working very minimally and like kind of just keep nice. the company going in a very minimum, just kind of gave them that kind of flexibility. And thankfully there cool. were enough grants coming from the federal government and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, we bounced back pretty quickly and actually even better than before. Um, so kind Interesting. of just gave us- Interesting, why do you think that is? Why yeah. do you think you I think it gave us time to like by us I mean mostly Mark and Helen but also me just gave us time to kind of sit back and like really think about things and kind of regain some energy mm. that you know I think that they had in particular had lost but I think all of us you know kind of get burned out after working 40 hours or more than 40 hours a week every week <laughs> it just kind of was a little bit of rejuvenation there and then I was also focusing on some SEO efforts, so some online marketing and oh, you know, article-based okay. marketing. That's part of, I mean, that article is all true from the, the one that I put up with me and my husband, but that's one of the things that I put up because it's, you know, why not try to get some, put out a story like that and show people like this is what you can do. And also, I mean, I think it is really important for people to know that there are options when you're looking for wedding rings as a queer person or engagement rings or, you know, what do you do, right? Is it an engagement ring or is it a wedding ring? Do you want one or two rings? Do you, who does what? It doesn't matter. Do you right? want them to match? Do you care? I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. all of that stuff, right? Yeah. Like, right. Why, like I said, having a having something that is intimately customized to you and your relationship seems, you know, it's, it's fantastic. Seems like, a, you know, yeah, well, of course, if you could do that, that would be, you know, yeah. very cool to do. <laughs> Right. And, you know, I don't think you have to be queer to do that either. You know, no, you I, yeah. do it. You right. I'm on board. I'm, I'm like over here. Going, yeah. Mm. yeah. Like, I like, yeah. um, I like emerald cut diamonds. I've never been the big, okay. you know, the big round sparkly kind of girl. I, I like the emerald yeah. cut and finding rings that I liked really that weren't um really tall. Cause I can't trust me. If I can catch a ring on something, I'll rip flesh mm. off or destroy a car seat or, you know, I've done it. I've done it all with big rings. So, you know, low profile, all these. So I had specifics mm -hmm. in my mind, but I had to go through, you know, find looking and looking and looking for years really to, to find this right. one, this was my 10 year anniversary ring to find one yeah. that actually fit all the criteria. So to be able to go into a place and say, I want this cut. I want this, you know, I want it like this. I want it low. Mm. I want it, you know, and all of that kind of thing. Oh would have saved a lot of time and, and right. disappointment. Stress, right. <laughs> and stress, yeah. right? Yeah. To be able to design yeah, your own definitely. ring. I, I, I mean, yeah. And then it's bespoke, right? It's your ring. You designed it. You came up with it. It's, it's like I said, it's more intimately attached to, to you. I think it's, yeah. I love it. I love the idea. Yeah. I'm over here thinking what I can, you know, what, what do I have that I could repurpose into something? Yeah. And yeah. that it's ethically sourced. I, I love that right. you're doing that. Yeah, yeah, that's really. Well, does wonderful. it count as ethically sourced if I bought it from some jewelry store, but I bring it to you? Well, I wouldn't say it's ethically sourced, but it's not. It's not doing anything harmful. You know, right. it's kind of a neutral option. I think if you're repurposing yeah. something older, 
that's cool. totally fine. And obviously part of being a responsible citizen to our world is to reuse things. Not that gold gets thrown away, but you know, it is, yeah. I bet you it does. Yeah. I bet you if you go through a garbage, a garbage heap and with a gold detector, I bet you a lot more gold gets thrown away than we think it is because people are, I mean, they're, I've, we've seen people huck them into the water and stuff and, you know, they get pissed right, and the ocean and that kind of stuff because they're mad at whoever gave them the ring. And I'm over here going, oh, excuse me. You know, I wouldn't yeah. know. I can repurpose yeah. that. Right. Let me take your anger. I'll take your anger over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like, you know, get some sage and then there you go. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Well, if you melt it down, right, you release whatever was attached to it, and then you just exactly. sage the, the liquid gold, and then you're you're ready to go, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Wow. Well, wow. Is, is there anything else you want to let the listeners know um, about your product line? Um, I'm going to put your website um, up here so that people can go. Oh, thanks. Um, so, yeah, I guess two things about the you know, the company, we we have a huge line of things that has been developed over and honed over 28 years. So you'll see a lot on our website. Uh, we can also do, we can make slight customizations to things. We can do entirely ground up custom pendants and rings. You know, that's just, we have a lot of capabilities between our artisans. We also have people who work with CAD CAM, computer design, have a lot of different range of things. I mean, that's part of why we've been around for 28 years is because of that flexibility. So if you have any questions, I'm always happy to answer those. Um, another thing though, that I would want to mention is, and I don't want to get too deep into this because I'll probably start ranting for like, you know, the next <laughs> three hours. So in terms of the ethical sourcing, I just, I think it's really important to be an aware consumer and kind of be aware of people's bs for lack of a better term mm -hmm. <laughs> greenwashing you could call it i'm not sure how well known that is but so i just you learned about it on your site. Site. <laughs> i just learned about greenwashing on your site oh, as you great yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 so um one of the main things that you'll hear lots some larger companies talking about is recycled gold and how that is like such a great ethical source and you know like i just alluded to i don't think gold is so often at least intentionally thrown away. I mean, people have been going through a lot of efforts to reuse gold. I mean, jewelers collect even their dust off the floor um, and get it refined. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and because it's, you know, it's really valuable. And some, there's also, so this issue of like saying, oh, recycled is like the ethical thing when it's always been the status quo is a bit problematic. Another thing that's hugely problematic is that a lot of industry definitions of recycled are not recycled, you know, like when you say recycled, we want to mean like post-consumer recycled, right? And like, to me, that is like the neutral option of like repurposing some ring that you already had, like that's already been bought, already been worn, and now you're just reworking that metal. That's post-consumer, that's fine. But a lot of industry definitions allow for gold that's mined, like say last month and was put into a bar form and now it's melted down into grain now that's recycled, <laughs> which is like kind of insane. And yeah, yeah exactly. That, 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 hmm? <laughs> exactly. Just because you touched it once doesn't mean it's recycled now. Exactly. Yeah. So when you say like, you see these things that are like, oh, 100% recycled gold, well, what does that really mean? And generally it doesn't really mean much. Uh, it could come from 
any source. It could have been mined very recently. Um, so that's just, you know, something to really be aware of when it comes to, like I said, we hear about conflict diamonds and that's a whole other thing that's kind of more complicated than it is than it sounds <laughs> at face value. But um, recycled gold is just something that I see coming up more and more because we do have a lot of, especially younger who really do want to do good with their purchase and really do want to make a difference. And then they're kind of being misled into thinking like, oh, this is the most ethical thing I could do. This is the most responsible thing I could do. And it's really not, you know, and I'm not saying you have to buy from us. I'm just saying like, you know, find someone who works with Fairmind if you can, or, or Fairtrade Gold, you'll find us here in the US anyway. Um, and then, you know, the more we can drive demand for these traceable sources of gold and stones, then the money's gonna follow that. And then that's how things are gonna change. That's really how it all works at the end of the day. <laughs> for better so or worse, really that's we have. Oh, so no, you're go still, ahead. You're still really the only one in the US doing fair trade gold? That's like, that seems yeah. huge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, there are 300 plus in the UK, which is a much smaller jewelry market, but we are the only ones here. Um, wow. Yeah, I think that says way more yeah. about our culture than about our anything else. But okay. Yeah. Uh, Don't get me ranting for the next three hours. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have to say, so I'm 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 going through your site. I'm looking at your rings. It's beautiful stuff. Right. I'm, just, I'm I'm greedy. I'm looking at just the women's rings, but they're gorgeous. Right? <laughs> they're looking at it going, wow. Oh, I hadn't even. Ooh. I like that. Oh, wait, I hadn't even thought of a ring shape like that before. So mm -hmm. it, it, I, I would suggest folks go check it out because this is some beautiful stuff. Yep. Yeah. Find your way to Santa Fe and go check out reflective jewelry <laughs> and know that you're buying a, um, you know, a product that's been handmade um, and ethically sourced, which is really a lot to say. Who knew? I'm, I'm yeah. going to go do some more research on this. Yeah. So Kyle, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast this morning. We really appreciate your making the time to come and educate us and our yeah. listeners on, on yeah, thank what you, you do with your product and how it's sourced. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this has definitely been a, an interesting wake up for me. I'm going to go, like I said, I'm going to go do some research because this is all in the shadows for me. So I'm going to go figure out what. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, thank you for the opportunity. Um, you know, these issues are, are really important, and I'm just glad to be able to put them out there a little bit more. Um, I mean, we're only one small company, but that's all we can do, right? Right, right. One Sometimes step at a time. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Please join us again soon. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you.